to live beyond 100 in good health. Can it be done? Has anyone ever done it? We're going to go through a few individuals that I think are absolutely as close as you can get. And uh, these include interviews that I've done and some other interviews that uh, I like these particular people. And let's just jump right into this topic right now. Let me bring us over with Dr. Neil Bernard, how to balance your hormones, which I believe plays a huge role in living to a longer, better quality life. Um, the reason that we went full on vegan is I gave you one example of fiber, but it's not all there is to it. Um, this whole area started being studied, oh, 20 years ago, uh, maybe more, for, for cancer patients. Breast cancer patients have one thing on their mind, which is I don't want my cancer to recur. Mm -hmm. um, and so researchers have looked at dietary changes that reduce estrogens for cancer patients. And they found two things. The first is fiber, which I mentioned earlier. A high fiber diet flushes these estrogens away, quite literally. But the other thing is fat, animal fat, and even oils, vegetable oils. For a reason that I don't know the mechanism, we haven't figured it out. If, if I take a group of women and I put them on a fatty diet, their estrogen levels rise. Mm -hmm. And you can do both together. You can say high fiber, low fat, low, you know, high fat, low fiber, and you can see estrogen levels going up and down and up and down very rapidly. So we thought, okay, I don't want any animal fat in your diet at all. That means it's vegan, but we went a step further and kept oils low. Uh -huh. So what that means is that everything you're eating has fiber. Everything you're eating is from a plant. There's nothing in your diet that's not a plant. And so you're getting abundant fiber, very little fat, and we thought that would work the best, and right. it does. Right. So high fiber, low fat, whole, basically whole food, plant-based diet. So I hope you're getting to understand that direction. Let's go to Walter Longo and what he talks about in regards to the importance of avoiding excess protein, and in fact, going on a low-protein diet and avoiding sugar. Let's see what he has to say about that. It's very important to hear this. And uh, she was 117 and still eating on her own. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, she wasn't completely independent, but uh, uh, mostly independent or mostly, uh, you know, able to operate and do almost everything within in the house. So I think that that's really is to live longer, right? Mm -hmm. So just protein restriction. Um, so, yeah, so then you do the work in, in mice, uh, and then, uh, of course, you do the work uh, with nutrition and say, well, if, having, uh, if deleting the protein gene and the sugar gene makes the organism live longer, uh, what if I just uh, remove sugar and proteins? Mm -hmm. And then you go in proteins to say, well, do I need to remove all proteins? Maybe not. Maybe just certain amino acids that are contained in proteins. So we remove serine, threonine, and valine, three amino acids, and show that those were the ones, the major ones that mm. control mm -hmm. uh, the, the TOR gene, right? So, yeah, so then we started really having a much more sophisticated understanding of all the network that controls aging in yeast and mice, uh, but also uh, understanding of the nutrients within food that controls the genes that control aging. Okay, so we're really starting to zero in on the genetics, the foods that we eat, how do we control aging? And I think I have some rather astonishing information to share with you on, on this particular uh, area. For 48 and days straight, she ate. Here, let's, let's uh, 
peek back in on Nero Bernard on his story. Mac and cheese dinners that her friend gave her. So anyway, she gained weight um, and she started to get pain in her abdomen. And it got worse and it, wor and worsened, it, and it worsened with her cycle in particular. Um, and so eventually her doctor did a laparoscopy where you look into the abdomen with yeah. a little scope. And he gave her a diagnosis. And the diagnosis is endometriosis. That's where the lining of the uterus is shedding cells that travel up and implant all around the abdomen. And they cause pain because they swell with your cycle, but they also will strangle the fallopian tubes, causing infertility. Anyhow, a lot of women will have a trace of this. For some women, it is... Debilitating. Pain. Yeah, yeah, miserable. I'm talking about fistfuls of ibuprofen don't get you through the day. And hysterectomy is basically the protocol That's often, right? That's what was recommended yeah. to her. Uh, and if painkillers and hormonal treatments don't work, that's kind of your option. And in fact, she scheduled her hysterectomy. However, um, before she could have it, a friend of hers said, Catherine, let's try a diet change. Maybe this will help you. Well, she went low-fat vegan. Um, that was basically it and started almost immediately to get better, like, like you were saying, Rich, yeah. that, that it wasn't a long time. And week by week, she was feeling better and better and better. She went back and had another laparoscopy. So the doctor looked around in her abdomen and then sewed her up. And the doctor went out to the waiting room to find her husband and said, this is really amazing. The, the doctor said, her endometriosis has effectively disappeared. And her husband said, I'm not surprised. You know, she went vegan, completely, completely changed her diet, and she's been feeling better and better and better. And the doctor said, no, 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 no. It can't be that. It can't be that. The diet doesn't cause any. If something was wrong with you, it would definitely be because of the vegan diet, but if something's <laughs> good, it can't be that. So it's really important to get this clear. When you go on a plant-based, oil-free diet, you're going to get the absolute best possible results. Let's, uh, let's peek in on, uh, here, here's, here's an amazing gentleman, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Life. Let's hear what he has to say about building muscle while reversing heart disease on a plant-based oil-free diet, namely presented by Dr. Dean Ornish. Preventing heart disease and reversing heart disease. I'm on the reversing heart disease program because I have heart disease. Yes. And so it's very extreme. It's a vegan diet with the exception of, uh, mm -hmm. of egg whites and non-fat dairy. So yes. it's a low-fat, low-sugar vegan diet. Nice. And it's not easy to follow. And yeah, I've actually gone through his program and learned how to, to do this. Mm -hmm. and so he's saying it's not easy to follow. I've been doing it for 44 years. I would agree uh, because there's a lot of other factors in, in the environment. Um, but that was an interview with Dr. Jeffrey Life done about uh, six years ago. Now here's a, a more current interview uh, done at least uh, 2019. Here, let's hear what he has to say at this point. There we go, Jeffrey Life about epigenetics and can we alter the way our genes are produced based on our diet and our exercise. Here we go. Absolutely. Epi yes. Epigenetics is where uh, you, through lifestyle and through your environment, you can actually trump your bad genes and you enhance your good genes. And uh, this, this, this is a huge new area of science, of genetics. And it, it, it's real. I mean, it definitely is real. And I've seen identical twins 
who have the same genome, uh, one ends up with disease, the other ends up being really fit and healthy. And it's all because of their lifestyle. It's all because they, the one that's healthy has trumped his, his genome, his, his, his genes. Yeah, the new studies show that, that you can turn on and turn off genes based on how you live. How you eat, your hormones, your environment, your environment, your personal environment. You create a better environment, your genes can work for you. That's right. And there's studies on there. There's, you know, multiple, multiple studies. And, you know, Bruce Lipton, I mean, I know you talk about him and you're a fan. He's laid a lot of the foundation for that. Yeah, the biology belief uh, and his use of microscopy. And I know you have a microscope after you trained with me and we put that together for your practice. You're one of the few physicians that jumped on the need to show patients their cellular health to kind of get motivated as leverage, It's 100%. Right? Oh, it's visual. You got to, it motivates the patient. It's real. It never lies. Okay. We, of course, do objective testing and get numbers and show them things. But when you can show a patient visually what's going on and explain it, now they're in. Now they get it, and they'll, they'll, they'll be committed. The compliance goes way up. Yeah, we have an online. Yeah, so and Dr. James Lorenz uh, mentions blood never lies, and, of course, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Uh, incredible, right? Blood doesn't lie. And Dr. James Lorenz is in the Michigan area. I trained him how to use our microscope. He's bought a second microscope. He's so busy showing people the results of the impact of their diet, their exercise, and uh, many other factors. But I can tell you for a fact, and there's some questions coming in right now <laughs> that relate to, hey, what is it about this low-fat diet, uh, particularly a low-fat vegan diet, that makes such a huge difference? Let's go back to Dr. Neil Bernard and uh, hear what he has to say about the reversal of endometriosis, which is an estrogen-dominant condition, which I'm writing about in my newest book coming out. Uh, Dr. Bernard has a book, How to Balance Your Hormones, and that is related to an oil-free vegan diet. Not a fat-free. You can still get fats from nuts, seeds, avocados, oils, the whole intact. But it's kind of like we all know we should avoid sugar, uh, it's sugar that's been extracted from food. The whole food intact is good for you, like beets, but sugar from sugar beets is not. Same with oil. Let's be very clear. Excess oil that comes squeezed out of cold-pressed processes, such as the uh, invention where they could extract oils from olives, nuts, and seeds, it's just mechanically greasy. It clumps the blood cells together. But let's hear some more wisdom from Neil Bernard, MD. The doctor said there's only one explanation for this. This must be a miracle. So the doctor, I think, wrote miracle in her chart. And um, she never, uh -huh. she, she doesn't have endometriosis any, anymore. It went away. Um, she never had the hysterectomy. She has three children now. And in fact, she joined the Physicians Committee's Food for Life group. And Catherine Lawrence lives in Dallas and now teaches other women how to take back their, their health. Now, let me be clear. I, I do want to say a word for not everybody necessarily gets better. They're all kind. Life is not fair. And there's some people who may have endometriosis or cramps or fertility issues or whatever where a diet change only does so much good or maybe not at all. Those people should not feel um, ashamed. Like they're not doing it, it right or something. Our bodies are fragile. Things go wrong with it all the time, just like your car. It's not going to last forever for any of us. Um, but... We've got some tools that are so cool. <laughs> and yeah. and my message, and the message of your body and balance, 
is let's use foods to get you into balance, not a pill, yeah. not something else. Let's use diet and lifestyle. I was just speaking with somebody the other uh, day. Quite overweight, um, a uh, had a belly, to, you know, his, his man boobs like were forming. And then he started learning about balancing his hormones. He was into working out. He followed the Body for Life program where they do kind of like consistent, intense workouts. And you can see now at age 77, he's gone to more plant-based. He moved away from too much animal protein because he had coronary heart disease. He admitted and told and shared and warned people, be careful of overdoing animal product. Switch over to plant-based whole foods and herbs that are going to enhance your body fat reduction. Next. Okay, so I think uh, if we get it clear that the best absolute results come from an unprocessed whole foods plant-based diet without adding oils and sugars and excess fats but let's let's go back to Volter Longo uh, because he makes it very clear we must limit the protein the sugar and he alludes to the oil, but not as much. He's uh, not quite uh, in that camp of clarity, but he understands the need to cut way back on protein. Everyone is enamored with excess protein. Yes, uh, a question came up about soy protein. First off, I don't see a need to add extra protein just because you're eating a plant-based diet and you're fearful you're going to get enough protein because the protein within all of the plant foods meets your, so long as you're meeting your caloric needs, you're going to absorb that protein. But soy protein, if you're going to use it, you know, I would say the whole etanami, the whole plant-based food itself, where you're getting um, without it being processed. Uh, there are lower fat versions of, of soy, uh, soy tofu and that type of thing. And people like it because they can make it into like soy burgers or I don't know, uh, soy lasagna. I mean, I'm, there's different recipes I guess I can think of. But the point is, um, it's really important to get clear that as you age, your friend is not excess uh, protein. Let, let's hear what uh, Dr. Volter Longo from USC has to say about it. And this also happened with the color restriction field, good and bad. You give something that is good and it's bad at the same time. If the end, it neutralizes, it's a neutral effect. So what's the problem with saying eat low protein, go with the only population studies? The problem is that you don't see, for example, that you can make somebody so weak that their immune system shuts off um, when they're 82 uh, because they thought the protein is always bad. Another thing that is not bad, for example, and there is different phases of life, is weight. If you are overweight when you're 50, it's clearly bad, mm-hmm. right? Or obese. If you're overweight when you're 82, it's actually protected, right? Mm. So a slight, not obese, but certainly in the 25, 26 BMI, that's actually a good thing, right? So low protein, high, uh, moderate protein, low, low protein up to age 65, moderate protein, uh, vegan, let's say up to age 65, or pescatarian, fish plus vegan, uh, uh, plus vegetable up to age 65, and they maybe expand a little bit. These are all tricks that come from really putting all these pillars together. You may not see by just going to Italy. Uh, for example, Italy, very few people, uh, I mean, Italy, and I'm assuming Greece, 
uh, are, are very frail populations when they're old, right? Very few people know this. Mm -hmm. So these, these, these Italians that live so long in Sardinia and Calabria and other areas are actually very frail, frailer than the people in Northern Europe, right? And that comes probably from this continuing this low-protein diet and continuing this um, narrower diet that is so helpful when you're younger and now it becomes detrimental and makes you weak when you're older, right? So it gets Yeah, I got you. Trickier. I got you. Yeah. I By the way, I don't agree with him. The lower protein doesn't make you weak. It's really the fear of administering, as we all age, particularly certain genetic uh, cultures have... Uh, lower amount of body fat genetically they have a lower percent of muscle density uh, i'm of spanish surname I, i'm much smaller than say arnold schwarzenegger uh, but i've learned how to manifest my genetic potential i work at gaining muscle as i age to maintain a balance and there's a good reason for it but I, I actually like uh, this answer of uh, Rich Roll. He, he doesn't just roll over, <laughs> you know, pun, uh, pardon the pun, uh, when Walter Long was trying to push past the age of 65 or up to the age of 65 is a great idea to go low protein, go uh, uh, keep um, av away from animal products and uh, avoid sugar. But then he says as they get older, they're frail. And he's blaming the protein base, which I don't agree, uh, your body converts the proteins from vegetables efficiently, but it is a decline in hormones and it is relative to a genetic factor. Certain races are more frail. And that's where I would advocate the intervention, like Dr. Jeffrey Life talks about, is doing plant-based oil-free in conjunction with herbs that stimulate the release of testosterone, amino acids, uh, peptide that increase the human growth hormone level because it declines very low as we age. And uh, we're going to come up with that discussion a little bit later. And I believe um, there's differences of opinion, but I want you to hear this here at this moment. I think you're going to find this interesting. What Rich has to say. I mean, basically, like like everything, it's more nuanced and complicated than we want to believe. You know, we want to reduce it down to one core principle that's applicable to everybody, no matter what age or how they, where they find themselves in life. Is there a difference between, so on this, on this idea that when you hit 65 and as you start to you know, move in that direction where your protein needs become more important, um, has there been any work done on the differences between animal protein and, and plant protein? I mean, you, do, you no, certainly I, don't want to be taking in a lot of IGF-1 when you're older, right? You're going to be more susceptible to cancers well, and the and like. Not necessarily because now, and that's what we showed in the paper, the IGF-1 is so low because of age that eating high protein or low protein made no difference it's in IGF-1. So the people that had over 20% of the calories from protein and the people that had less than 10% at the same levels of IGF-1. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is really important to get clarity about. He's saying that the levels of IGF, it made no difference whether they ate a high protein diet or a plant-based protein diet. You really have to understand there's a lot of misinformation out there right now, um, even amongst the plant-based doctors, thinking that IGF is the main factor in cancer. When you talk to Dr. Terry Hertog from Belgium, he cites studies that shows low IGF have 
uh, people who live in a part of France, they're dwarfs, uh, they're miserable. When you give them a human growth hormone, they feel wonderful, they respond, uh, they thrive. So there is a point due to genetic differences that some people need um, hormonal support, bioidentical hormonal support. Um, I would like to kind of jump ahead a little bit more and then talk further about what what Walter Longo believes are the 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 key uh, uh, pillars of of health, if you will. Here, here we're gonna bring that up in a second. Just uh, let me bring this up. Learned, uh, you know, into some principles that can kind of guide us in the direction of promoting longevity in our own lives. Like, what's most important? Um, I'm asking you to be reductionist after my my uh, my speech about how we shouldn't be reductionist. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so you're asking about the most important well, things? Well, yeah, I, I just want to kind of move into this area of, of, you know, what people should be aware of and some habits and some practices that they can adopt and also things to avoid so that people can be more mindful of, you know, how to practice, uh, you know, these principles that you speak about for their own well-being. Yes. Yeah. So then, number one, I think, is a pescatarian diet. Uh, why is that? Well, um, if you uh, are vegan, lots of times you hear people saying, oh, I ate uh, 30 grams of garbanzo beans or chickpeas. That should be enough proteins. It's not, right? You need about 10 times as much as that. I've uh, been vegan for 11 years. No, 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 sure. You can be vegan and do very well, but most people out there are not you. Mm. That's, what, that's my point, Everybody right? Everybody always tells me I'm an outlier. I'm not convinced about that, Walter. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm saying vegan is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that being vegan and healthy is much harder than people think, right? Because for example, it takes about 400 grams of chickpeas to have enough proteins, right? And a lot of times, forget you, let's say we pick 10 vegans out there, right? At random. We pick the first 10 we can find and we start asking questions. I do this all the time. And you'd be surprised how many times you, you, you say, well, you haven't had B12 in a while. And, and you haven't had enough proteins in three or four days and, uh, you know, problem after problem after problem. So I'm just saying, if you're going to be vegan, great, but you got to pay attention. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think, look, I take a B12 supplement like, I don't know, once a week at most. I have my blood work done. It's fine. I go out and I do these crazy ultra endurance races. I'm able to compete. I'm 51. I'm, I feel good. I've never had any problems building lean muscle mass or recovering in between workouts. So I, I think there's a lot of misconception out there about protein. And I think one thing we can agree on is that most people are eating too much protein. Um, there's plenty of plant foods that, that meet my amino acid needs. I'm not eating buckets full of garbanzo beans, but you know, yeah. I'm mindful about it. I think I, I would concede to you that, that um, it's easier and easier to eat a very nutrient poor vegan diet, especially with all the analog products that are coming out and people moving further and further away from, you know, sort of uh, nutrient dense whole, whole plant foods. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're in the, on the same choir, right? So, yeah. so absolutely, I, you know, um, I published on that and I got attacked for talking about low protein diet, mostly vegan. Um, but then again, the um, when you allow people to have also fish in the diet to the big population, it makes it much, much less likely that they're going to lose a lot of lean body mass, that they're going to struggle, and also makes it less likely that they're going to switch back, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say, I'm going to allow you to have fish plus uh, a vegan diet, lots of people are fine with that. 
if you remove everything, then, then, then it's just uh, harder for people. Now, if somebody can be vegan for ethical reason or whatever, great. I mean, I think it's absolutely um, uh, doable. Uh, there are no, no reason not to uh, be vegan. It's just uh, that you have to pay attention. Yeah. Okay, so I would tend to <laughs> agree with Rich that uh, I, I think Walter Longo is making, trying to make a, a case that you have to, you know, past age of 65, eat a lot, start adding in uh, pescatarian or, or fish protein. He's not saying you need red meat or chicken or lamb, as, as you notice. He's saying, you know, fish. I don't deny that it's probable that eating reasonable amounts of fish, so long as it's, you know, free of mercury, which is very difficult to find, but um, it, it, it would probably be okay. But you're really, what you're doing is you're getting caloric density because vegetables, which are high in fiber, uh, fresh fruit, which is also uh, very uh, low in calories, you know, you, your risk is not, not getting enough protein. There's studies by Dr. Um, Walter Kempner where people were given only 20 to no more than 40 grams of protein a day, and they were in positive nitrogen balance. That's just eating rice and fruit. That was in extremely obese individuals covering for a year. Uh, I've gone and maintained as much as possible, as low a protein as possible, because I like the benefits of high energy. Uh, and it turns out that starch from vegetables and potatoes, brown rice and beans have what's called a protein sparing effect. Uh, what do I mean by that? I'm going to show you a book here by P.O. Astran, and it, it really goes into the performance factors, but let's, let's jump ahead a little bit further here. I, I want Walter Longer to clarify this, this issue about, uh, about protein here. here. Here we go. And meat. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I'm the first one that will say we're going to have an epidemic of over-protein or eating too much protein, and we're going to uh, find out the, the consequences very soon. Um, I mean, in our paper, we show three to four-fold increase in cancer uh, incidence, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and 75% increase in overall mortality in the following 20 years for people that were 65 and, and below. And even Okay, so he said a 75% increase in overall mortality by consuming meat and uh, four times more cancer. So it's without doubt that we need to uh, do what I call SOAP. Avoid sugar, oil, and animal protein as much as possible. If you want to follow the title of this uh, particular video, Live to 100 by Walter Longo. Uh, as he professes in a book he had that came out a few years ago. Here we go. Let's, let's let him finish what he has to say. Even for the 65 and above, it was the moderate protein intake. It was not the high. It didn't need to have high protein intake. Moderate uh, was sufficient. I mean, in fact, in my book, I talk about maybe increase the protein intake by 20% when you get to age 65, uh -huh. 70, um, below the minimum recommended, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but... The I do eat more beans, but that's just um, because when I'm training and I'm 66 years uh, old, um, I want to make sure that I recover. Not that I need more protein, but more fiber and more calories uh, to sustain my activity level. Uh, most people, as they get older, though, they're not more active. They're less active. So you really have to kind of base that on that. But let's, let's hear a few more wise words from Walter here in this discussion. Then again, if you look at fish, uh, and I have to go with the science. And if you look at most studies, 
fish is always on the positive side, beside the mercury fish, you know, the, the swordfish and the well, tuna, etc. That's a problem. Yeah, that but, we're but most studies are showing beneficial effects, right? That's why I have to say, even though some people could argue, well, ethically, you know, may or may not be the, the best idea. Um, but if you look at the science, uh, the fish plus vegan seems to be the way to go. Okay, so he, he's, he's trying to make a strong case for fish plus vegan as you get older, past age 65. I'm not going to argue that there's a problem with adding fish if you've been pretty much plant-based most of your life. But the problem is most people have not been plant-based most of their life. They're trying to overcome massive amounts of plaques in their arteries, high blood pressure, uh, risk factors related to animal product, um, dairy product, and and uh, diabetes and so forth. Um, but uh, let, let's let's uh, adjust to to some of the questions. Uh, Adriana uh, asks, uh, "How can I cook my food without oil?" Uh, I'm in transition to the soap-free diet. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I think you were the one that gave me that idea to start using the word soap uh, because they they all a lot of these guys talk about SOS, no sh no sugar, no oil, no salt. But I think it's far more important to emphasize no animal protein. So no sugar, no oil, no animal protein. A uh, little smidgen of salt here and there is is fine, particularly if you you know are exercising and you're getting a lot of uh, whole plant based foods. Um, uh, yeah, and, and uh, Jeffrey's saying, I'm sorry, consuming mercury is a huge no for me. And I agree. I, I'm not telling you need to eat fish. Um, in fact, um, <laughs> I, I would say that the consumption of fish uh, would be something like less than once a month. I take a B12 supplement every day, unlike Rich Roll, who says, oh, I take it once a week, kind of haphazardly. But I have the added advantage. I can look at a blood drops under the microscope. I can evaluate my B12 level literally weekly. And it's fairly easy to have um, a deficiency of vitamin B12. It shows up as ovalocytes, uh, meaning oval shape. So um, I, I really uh, keep upward towards uh, 50 micrograms to 100 micrograms of vitamin B12 uh, virtually every day with a product um, that I call heart insulin stability and also stay young. Both have vitamin B12. Uh, I, I'm a big advocate of making sure you get enough uh, vitamin B12 and um, that uh, plays a big role on, in uh, optimum health. And I, I did want to address another question that came up is... Um, it, one of the best ways to cook oil-free is to use a crock pot. I prepare a pot of, of beans without oil and vegetables mixed in with various really delectable spices. Uh, and if you're wondering, I have a great cookbook, um, which is right here. I'm going to show it to you. Simply Healthy Cookbook with 240 recipes. I love to cook, by the way. And I collected these recipes from around the world. It took me 15 years uh, with my family uh, eating at various restaurants around the world and asking about uh, favorite uh, home recipes in the Mediterranean, when I went to Spain, when I've been to Asia several times, and India. And if they did use too much oil, you know, within that recipe, say in Indian food, which they always use way too much oil, um, I figured out ways to make the same recipe uh, without oil. 
and you don't need oil. You, you can cook with a Breville oven, which I've learned from Chef AJ. I love using that Breville oven to cook my French fries without oil. <laughs> I can cook various vegetables and tomatoes. And it's kind of like, also there's a dehydrator. You can dehydrate vegetables. Um, you can uh, boil, you can steam. I love to steam in a, a double uh, pot boiler uh, with the little holes, you know, in, in the pan underneath and it steams the vegetables. And then I add in a lot of ver variety of spices, but particularly chili spices. I like it because I love, and garlic. I, I mean, the whole house smells wonderful. Um, I was mentioning earlier um, the amount of protein that's been shown we need. This is um, kind of an obscure but very important textbook, textbook of work physiology. And it's by Dr. Pio Astram, the famous physiologist uh, from Sweden. And he was able to document that the athletes that performed the best, without exception, were eating a high plant-based complex carbohydrate, over 80% of calories coming from the starch complex carbohydrates, 10% protein, 10% fat. When he varied the amount of protein, increased the protein in the diet, or increased the fat in the diet, the athletes performed less well. They did needle biopsy. They really went extensively into uh, human performance and physiology. And so it, it's kind of a, a, a very scientific, heady read, but... Um, I've read all these textbooks because I want to be sure that, you know, for you and for me as we age, that we always, which is, by the way, extremely easy to get enough protein um, from plant-based foods if you're going to include a little bit of animal product. If you are, then according to Dr. Kim Williams, the famous uh, former uh, president of the American Cardiology Association, Dr. Kim Williams, who advocates a plant-based, vegan, oil-free, uh, sugar-free diet uh, at Rush in Chicago. Uh, he will grudgingly say, if you're going to add any animal product, it might be a little bit of fish. Um, and again, if you're going to use the fish, uh, the bigger fish tend to be more likely, like tuna and those kind of real big fish, have eaten a lot of littler fish and they may have the highest concentration of risky pesticides mercury and other uh, pcb plastics and that kind of thing uh, so the smaller fish the lean fish are, are the better way to go um, and let's see this is another good question uh, Je jeffrey says i made potatoes mushrooms hominy uh, red pozzoli oh great no oil added yum uh, radishes, cabbage, lime, onion, cilantro. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's a great, great. I, I go to the organic uh, farmer's market, and I pick up a lot of uh, the items that you're talking about, and I make a conscious effort to make sure I get more mushrooms in my diet. You know, I, I really go along uh, closely with Dr. Joel Furman's idea as well, uh, G-bombs uh, to avoid cancer, and that means more greens, uh, more uh, berries, onions and leeks, uh, garlic. Uh, also, the next M stands for mushrooms. And the last uh, B stands for beans. And the last S stands for seeds, nuts and seeds and things. So um, I, I actively do that. Um, I agree with Dr. Michael Greger, the Daily Dozen. I came up with the top 15. And if you watch my video on that, uh, or I'll pull that up later if you like. Uh, so how many grams of protein do you recommend 
uh, Jeffries uh, asks. And I'm going to tell you, and I hope you're sitting for this right now. I know everyone says one gram of protein for every pound of weight or kilogram. Uh, There's various uh, ridiculous, excessive high protein formulas that make no sense when it comes to positive nitrogen balance. In fact, Dr. Lee did a study with uh, young men age 22, and I... uh, I referenced that in that study by Dr. Lee in this book, Grow Young and Slim, which I have now as an ebook for our coaching clients. But uh, I referenced it, and that was simply that the amount of protein that the individuals ate, uh, just consuming rice only, and it was white rice, it, it had uh, only about 20 grams of protein in it. And the young 22-year-old men were in positive nitrogen balance. Now, here's the funny thing. This is the rather shocker that even the authors of the study uh, working with Dr. Lee stated. And they said when they added chicken with the rice, which is obviously considered a quality animal protein base, they required significantly more grams of protein to be in positive nitrogen balance. They went on to say there's something about animal protein that's inefficiently absorbed in humans. Okay, I want this to sink in very clearly. Your best source of protein is upping your calories from yams, which has a lot of caloric density, but it's only 6% protein. But the starch has the caloric density to be utilized as calories as you need them. So it has a protein-sparing effect. In other words, the, the calories from burning um, 80% of complex carbohydrates, the higher amount of, of complex carbohydrates in your diet, diet, the more the protein is spared. Even uh, uh, Lee Haney, who wrote the book uh, Fit at Any Age, uh, which I have a, a stellar picture of him. I, I'm looking at his picture up uh, uh, to the right of me here. I'll, maybe I can grab it here as I'm playing the next video. But I think you'll, you'll get the sense that, wow, Lee Haney, follows 500 grams of starch complex carbohydrates a day and is in positive nitrogen balance and he's not doing insanely high animal protein type diets uh what does that all mean so it means that we can reach our caloric protein needs sufficiently by doing um as we're describing. But the key is to to reverse the number one killer. Let's listen to Dr. Jeffrey Life. Here we go. Dr. Jeff Life, you found then that since December that you made this change in your, in your diet. Did you notice a difference in your performance, your abilities in the gym, your mental cognition? Any other things that you personally noticed? It definitely has improved uh, my energy levels. Mm-hmm. I dropped body fat. I mean, I started out with 12% body yeah, fat. Yeah, you've always looked phenomenal. So I dropped that uh, about 3 or 4% and without changing anything else, just the diet. Yet you maintain your muscle mass, correct? Yes, so far I have. Yeah. And uh, I, I was concerned about that because it's fairly low protein. And uh, so I deli- deliberately make sure I eat enough protein with egg whites and non-fat dairy. Yeah. And then beans and legumes and all that. I went through a similar odyssey um, when I first met Nathan Pritikin because at that time I had cardiovascular disease, specifically a, a TIA, a small stroke, and I was all of only uh, 22. Uh, and uh, so when I read his book, Live Longer Now, and I started making the changes, for one year I adhered to and kept egg whites in my diet and added some proteins. 
and I was concerned and I was very mindful of the fact that I might lose muscle density because I loved lifting weights and staying mm -hmm. fit. And not only did I not lose muscle density, but by the second year, I found out that I couldn't quite get my cholesterol down because I was still adhering to a little bit of a chicken in my diet. Got rid of the chicken, got rid of the egg whites, and I'm watching my body mass and percent body fat and thinking I'm gonna lose muscle density. And it was quite the opposite. My muscle density continued to improve. Great. And it was dependent on exercise intensity. Mm -hmm. It was dependent on my hormone levels and getting quality sleep. So those things play a role, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Key factors. The right kind of strength training. Yes. And maintaining optimal hormone levels. You know, you can't build, maintain muscle mass or build muscle mass if you have really low testosterone levels or low growth hormone levels. Yeah. And it's, it's not something that someone is gone out of their way that uh, it, it's focused on one individual. I mean, by decades of age, somewhere past the age of 25, 30, testosterone levels start to drop by okay. 40 and 50. I and mean, it's inevitable, right? It's inevitable. And yet there's concern about cardiovascular disease and testosterone therapy. I'm sure you've reviewed the literature and you know the, the so-called controversy. What's your opinion? Well, that was a poorly done study. Correct. It's been really widely criticized by experts. Mm -hmm. uh, Morgan Th Thaler uh, has, is one of the most outspoken people against that study. Yes, and he's a Harvard professor. Yes. He's reviewed the literature on prostate cancer and heart disease, right. yes. Um, so I think it's just nonsense. And, and it, as long as your levels are being watched and monitored mm -hmm. um, by someone that knows what they're doing, I think, uh, no, it's very safe. In fact, it actually reduces men's risk for heart disease and prostate cancer. Right. Wow. Okay, so I hope you got that very clear, guys. Uh, making sure that you're getting uh, the right uh, level of testosterone and uh, the, the, the whole idea of uh, plant-based whole food eating uh, it, it, it's really, how shall I say, it's time has come where we start teaching the truth about animal-based uh, eating and, and the quality of protein that comes from animal foods. I would go so far as to say that the plant-based foods are superior in protein quality to the animal foods. Uh, let's go back to Walter Longo and see what he's uh, saying about meat. Um, Harvard School of Public Health they published a series of papers, uh, all of them uh, in, in agreement with this idea, particularly for red meat, but just also uh, for pro high protein. So after our paper, we published one with uh, Ed Giovannucci at Harvard and uh, also confirming that the plant-based diet uh, uh, was protective mm -hmm. uh, compared to uh, a variety of, of uh, diets that included high protein from uh, uh, from animal sources. And what is the, the active component in meat or red meat that's causing these problems? Is it the high density of protein? Is it the, the hormonal uh, breakdown in it? Like, what can that be drilled yeah, down to? Yeah, nobody knows uh, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of uh, speculations of some of it having to do with the heme content, and I've heard different stories on and uh, different hypotheses, it could be, are they fed uh, steroid hormones? Are they fed antibiotics? Uh, who knows, right, what, what uh, uh, is in that meat? 
Um, and so uh, probably the combination of pro- high proteins, uh, but also other uh, molecules that make it into the meat uh, mm-hmm. out there are probably contributing to to make it very clear that particularly the red meat seems to be detrimental. Right. But in our paper, uh, we showed that all the animal um, uh, high protein diet from from all animal sources uh, were detrimental. Right. Um, and uh, a high plant-based diet was no longer detrimental. High protein from plant-based sources was no longer detrimental for overall mortality, so there's no effect. Uh, but it still was uh, uh, was um, detrimental for cancer. So mm-hmm. it still showed up. You know, somebody had lots of proteins from uh, uh, from vegetable sources. Uh, that still was associated with an increased. Uh, and a risk for for um, cancer, but that was was in most cases a combination uh, of animal and and plant based. Right, I got you. What about uh, what about saturated fat? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the the points that I make in the in the book is that this demonization of of uh, ingredients uh, or macromolecules has been uh, uh, very macronutrients has been very uh, bad. So. Um, we should start making distinctions between types of micronutrients. So fats are actually very good for you. A number of studies now looking at the nuts and looking at the olive oil and looking at salmon, etc. Yeah, so uh, he, he's getting into uh, the recognition that nuts, um, seeds, you know, they're all good for you. He's throwing in salmon, and again, it, it is a source of fat, but uh, I, I don't think we have to eat much in the way of that. We get our omegas from marine algae. It doesn't necessarily have to come from 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 fish. And, uh, you know, the, the question is, when you do lab work, what do you look for in the way of protein? And uh, the gentleman, Jeffrey, is saying, well, his primary care physician is a big keto advocate, and... Uh, we're going to hear Walter Longo's position on keto, how harmful and how toxic it is and uh, unhealthy, the risk factors related to cancer and coronary heart disease. But I, I will say that, you know, on keto, the advantage is you're getting off sugar, which is very important. But I'm saying get off the sugar, get off the oils and the animal protein and go completely plant-based as much as possible, and you'll see all new levels. And you'll never see a protein deficiency. Never. I've never seen it in 44 years. I can show you hundreds of lab panels that I've run on myself and uh, on others. And my goal is to keep my protein intake, uh, when it was asked uh, earlier, how much protein intake um, do I recommend, my goal is to keep my protein intake under 40 grams of protein a day. It's almost, it's very difficult to keep protein intake that low. Even on a plant-based diet, I end up getting 60 to 80 grams of protein, almost double. And you really only need 20 grams of protein a day, which is one cup of cooked beans. Literally, one cup of cooked pinto beans. Uh, But if I were to show you, uh, I think it'll blow your mind, Uh, I have blood work going back on myself all the way back to 1978, monitoring my levels for hormones, liver, kidney function, uh, lipids, uh, just you name it. I have more thorough, extensive lab work 
on me with the doctors I work with and, and, and my clients too. That's why we do a coaching program and we, we evaluate. But I, I don't know if you can see this, but I'm, I'm going to show you something uh, on, on protein, uh, total protein for the blood. Uh, my level is 6.8 and the range is 5.7 to 8.2. So the point is that we never, we never have to worry uh, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, about the protein in the diet because we get all the protein we need from, from plant-based foods. Uh, here, I, I'm trying to show you. Uh, can, can you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I'm just showing you my lab printout that shows my protein levels. And uh, literally, like I said, I've never seen anyone. A unless you're like on a, star a starvation fasting diet, yeah, you, you could definitely develop uh, uh, protein deficiencies, you know, in these third world countries where they're not getting enough calories. That, that could potentially happen. Uh, let's, let's, let's jump ahead here on um, could you build muscle on a minimum protein? Volter Longo doesn't understand uh, intense weight training. I think he's more into not basketball. I, I want to say... Oh, let's see, I'd have to check what sport he likes. I know Rich Roll is a uh, ultra distance runner, but I think he'll he'll pull up some weights once in a while. I've done an interview with him, but uh, here we go. Let's let's jump ahead on, on this um, factor about protein, and he thinks um, wrongly that um, when we reduce our protein intake, we lose uh, muscle mass. No, we lose muscle mass if we don't take in enough calories, and generally, foods high in protein tend to have more caloric density. So you do have to pay attention. You can't just get just soups and salads and vegetables and fruit and think you're getting enough calories. You must add uh, sweet potatoes, uh, beans, uh, nuts and seeds, coconut, you know, these things if you're looking frail. And you must augment your hormone levels just like Jeffrey Life talks about. Who, do you, who would you rather have, a doctor who's like me, 66 years old and muscular and strong, or like Jeffrey Life, who's age 82, still trains with his son in the weight room, uh, encourages and utilizes biodynamic hormones, learned he had heart disease, went on a plant-based whole foods diet. I went on a plant-based whole foods diet 44 years ago because I found I had a, a TIA, a stroke. Uh, so, But let's go back to Walter. I think this is cool. Probably all right. But just to be like totally clear and like drill down on this nutrition piece, essentially what you're advocating is a plant-based whole food diet with some fish in terms of like the best protocol for long-term lifestyle management and longevity. Is that fair? Yes. Avoiding yeah. the paying attention to autoimmunities intolerances. And mm -hmm. so, you making, know. Yeah. Uh, making sure you're not allergic to certain things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, essentially, and then you know, once you get to sixty-five, then I, I think that things change, and they'll say goat yogurt, uh, maybe some goat cheese, and and some of these ingredients that um, may be high nourishment eggs, for example, uh, may be a good idea to start uh, introducing them back, mm -hmm. uh, just because um, you know of what we've seen. This we've seen this frailty in later life that. Uh, you know, if, if your diet is too restrictive, um, you're probably going to suffer from from this uh, uh, malnourishment. Yeah. So, you know, again, I don't agree with them. You do not need to add eggs. 
or fish to get the caloric density. You just have to understand um, what's called sequencing and recognize that uh, cups of, of beans and sweet potatoes and uh, brown rice, uh, certainly, you need to reduce the serving size of your vegetables and fruit because they are so low in calories as you age if you're frail. But I, I showed this picture and I didn't mention who it is. Look at, look at Lee Haney. Look at the muscle density. He's on 500 grams of complex carbohydrates a day year round, even leading up to his uh, stepping on stage. He won the Mr. Olympiad, I believe it was eight times. Uh, fabulous, fabulous uh, athlete. I've interviewed him at the Arnold Classic. Uh, he, he includes and uh, does not limit his potatoes, his fruit, his vegetables, his beans. Uh, he does eat animal protein. But that's just because, you know, everyone's been led to believe they have to include, quote, animal protein to get their, um, their grams of protein to build muscle. When in reality, we know, uh, every bodybuilder understands you have to bring your hormone levels, uh, they bring it up to super physiologic levels. I don't bring my hormone levels that high. I bring them up to youthful levels like that of my 28-year-old son. But I also um, include intense weight training. I do a lot of flow training to keep my volume of training up uh, so my muscles uh, get uh, active uh, engagement. And funny, but um, I'm going to show you right now I'm actually working out while I'm talking to you because I know these sessions last about an hour or so. I'm going to just turn um, a, a side view. Uh, I have electrodes here from uh, a Tesla Mac. So much like Bruce Lee, who used the Russian stimulator, this is far more advanced beyond what Bruce Lee was using. You, you'll Somewhere, if you look it up, I'll, I'll find that video for you. I, I should. I, I talk about Bruce Lee a lot. But there's this video of him... Um, uh, using uh, a, uh, a stimulator, and this is way more advanced than what he was using. It, it sends through 400 volts of energy, and I turn it up every three minutes, and it, it causes, whoa, full contractions of my muscles. Can you? I don't know if you can see that a little better here. Let me just tilt this down. But, uh, yeah, so, so maybe you can see uh, here. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. Can you see the muscles contracting? So for about an hour or two, depending on the length of the show, uh, I have these electrodes hooked up um, uh, on the Tesla Max here. Uh, there's four electrodes, and they split into two, two different divisions of electrode pads. And from that, I'm able to get uh, full muscular contractions uh, as if I did 500 push-ups during the time of this show. So that adds muscle density. See, the muscles, they atrophy within 72 hours when we don't use them. I want to work out on each of my muscle, uh, muscle groups every day. That way, I don't atrophy. That's why I maintain a higher muscle density than most any guy age 66, much like Jeffrey Life. He hits the gym, trains with uh, uh, barbells and dumbbells, and I don't know if you can see this, but... Uh, this this is my percent body fat uh, measurements, and uh, look, I, I'm not even you know I'm not training against these these athletes here, but I want you to see. Oh, here I might have to turn this off because I'm having trouble <laughs> with the muscle contractions and and showing you this this uh, paper here. But um, if you can see, I I have a very high percentage of muscle in my arms 
my chest, my upper body. Uh, I'm working more on my legs using uh, the, this, this uh, Russian, well, beyond the Russian stimulator. It's called a Tesla Max. But uh, also, my percent water hydration is high. My percent body fat level is uh, always a constant issue. I'm always working at it. And uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm quite a social guy, so I go out at restaurants quite a bit. So uh, a lot of times I'm learning, it's just best to eat like Dr. Michael Clapper, who used to work with me, a plant-based doctor. Um, I, I, I kind of fill up on some foods before I get to the restaurant, so I'm not uh, maybe eating uh, as much uh, some of the foods because they tend to have a little more sugar or salt or, you know, they, they tend to cause you to want to eat a little bit more of those. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't waste my time because... Uh, you know, time is precious, and even if I'm doing a talk show and it took me a couple hours to prepare, prepare you know, what videos I wanted to, to show you, um, but uh, it, it's really, really important to walk your talk, which, which I do, and uh, it helps me so when I'm ready to uh, compete in strength endurance competitions, I'm, I'm ready to blow people out of the water. Uh, not just guys my age, that, that's a walk in the park. I'm talking about guys 20, 30 years old on steroids. I like to shake them up and uh, take them to, to the highest level. Now, I like what Walter Longo is talking about, about the immune system. So here, let's jump ahead because right now with the lockdowns uh, still full force, uh, particularly in California where I live, uh, it's insane. But here, let, let's see what Walter Longo has to say function uh, the, again it's an age dependent factor you might not see it until you're 62 63 64 you might see it in 55 you know you may be there uh, it may be that you get cancer when you're 55 and that was due to the fact that your immune system is not working as well as it could have uh, because you're protein deficient or you're b12 deficient or you're vitamin d deficient or you're folic acid deficient so it's very important to um to say let me avoid the malnourishment um, without interfering, though, with the uh, with beneficial effects. So, yeah, without needing to go into an area that um, where the the protein becomes detrimental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my protein needs on that equation of you know 0.32 comes out to about between 60 and 70 grams a day. It's just it's not that hard. Like I some almond butter, I oh, yeah. you know rice and beans, I eat lentils and quinoa and things like that. Oh, as no, long as I'm just eating those foods, like. I've done the math and it seems it, it almost takes care of itself. Like if I'm just eating clean plant-based foods close to the natural state. So it's not about going out of my way to make sure I'm eating, you know, tons of garbanzo beans or anything. No, no, no. I mean, I do that five, five days a week, mm -hmm. right? So my, my diet is plant-based five days a week. There's no problem, but I do pay attention. I know yeah. that a certain amount of, of certain vegetable contains so much protein. Yeah, of course. And, so, of course. and so once you get used to that, you don't have to check anything. So, all right, so he says he's plant-based five days a week. He admits it. Walter Longo, he said he's been criticized for talking about going low-protein, plant-based, but he's one of the most, I would say, uh, detailed researchers about longevity. He worked with Roy Wolford, uh, UCLA, the famous fasting guy that uh, ended up uh, overdoing it and fasting too much, and Walter Longo was witness to that. Uh, while Roy Walford was living. I knew of Roy Walford because I was working with Nathan Pritikin when Roy Walford was publishing studies about fasting. But we were against fasting to the degree they were doing it because as you get older, as uh, uh, Walter Longo has stated, 
you must be very careful, particularly past the age of 65. You really shouldn't be fasting unless you have medical supervision to do it. And it is appropriate to eat in certain windows that he will describe um, if we get to that part. But um, I, I think it's interesting to hear, you know, again, what, what he's uh, saying uh, about, uh, you know, what his own diet is. <laughs> plant-based uh he mentions he eats animal product but i think that's just because he's a culture of of society he thinks he needs animal protein i'm saying he just needs to understand how to modulate his caloric density by selecting the right foods within the plant kingdom it's very straightforward i'm just saying that i i suspect when they compare let's say the vegans against the non-vegans and they show that the vegans are not doing better mm -hmm. in those studies i suspect that's because so many people in the vegan group are malnourished. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see this. Uh, otherwise, I, I, I think the vegans should do, be doing much, much better than the non-vegans if it wasn't for malnourishment. So if you could turn the vegans into well-nourished vegan, then I think we'll see the superiority that we already see in the blue zones and in Loma Linda, etc. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I think he, he made the, the, the point very clear there that... Um, in Loma Linda and some of these blue zones where people live a much longer life, um, you know, what are they doing? And he, he's saying just make sure they're not on a, um, like a, a diet that's uh, filled with artificial uh, vegan uh, foods, you know, but whole plant-based foods that are unprocessed. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's important to, to also uh, depart for a moment and say, you know, you do need your supplements, you need your B12, you need the folic acid, you need uh, sources of uh, omegas, and that comes from nuts and seeds and avocados and olives. And some of my plant-based friends, you know, they're restricting those because they're dealing with some massively obese people. But as you get past the age of 65, you need to sustain your calories uh, to live a longer, healthier life. Uh, so let, let's... Um, jump into that subject here a moment um here i wanted to talk about inflammation but um here let's let's go back to uh dr neil bernard because he deals very clearly with estrogen dominant issues and the plant-based diet is a good way and to attack that up. your own thyroid gland it's the same as in rheumatoid arthritis you're making antibodies to something and those antibodies destroy the synovial lining of your joint um, and these autoimmune reactions, there, there are many, many of them. They can affect your skin, all kinds of stuff. So um, we started to discover that there were people whose thyroids were clearly off. I mean, they were hypothyroid. They then make a diet change, and they're leaving certain things out, and their thyroid condition goes away. Now, this is a completely new frontier. I, I have to tell you, about a year before I wrote this book, I, I would not have said that this is possible, uh -huh. except that I've now met so many of these people. Um, and what, here's what we believe is happening. What we believe is happening is that the dairy proteins and other proteins are regarded by the body as foreign. They are foreign. And so your immune system recognizes them as foreign, develops antibodies against them, and ends up, those antibodies end up attacking you. Wow. It's the same process in type 1 diabetes. A little kid, uh, eight-year-old kid, um, is fed cow's milk. Not, not mother's breast milk, milk from a cow. Body says, wait a minute, that's foreign, I need to attack it. Makes antibodies to attack those foreign proteins. Those same uh, antibodies then destroy his own insulin-producing cells in the pancreas. Um, there's a, we need more research on, right. on that, but there's a lot of evidence that that's in fact the case. Uh, kids who don't consume cow's milk have a lot less risk 
of type 1 diabetes. So in the, in the case of the thyroid, these antibodies do two things. They can turn it off, hypothyroidism. In some cases, they turn it on too much, hyperthyroidism. So um, what, we're, what I think we need to do is a lot more research studies now, yeah. where we go into endocrine offices, and instead of handing out prescriptions left and right, we take six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, and just see to what extent getting that junk out of the diet can cool down this autoimmune reaction. Yeah, it's interesting that there isn't more research on this. I mean, you open the book by saying, these are very recent findings, a lot more work has to be done. Like you're, you're, you're you, it's not a disclaimer, but you're saying like, look, we're, we're learning as we go here. And yeah. this is kind of a new frontier. Potential pain that I described. We have done a very careful randomized clinical trial that shows the diet works. So I don't think anybody's gonna say that that's not true, yeah. but, but some of these areas like thyroid uh, and, and also mood, um, how food, foods affect, everybody knows that hormones can affect your, your mood and how moody, those moody days of the month and all that kind of stuff. We did a research study at Geico, the car insurance uh -huh. company, uh, because they're, they're headquarters. Yeah, they're in DC, right? Or they're, Virginia? They're in DC. Uh, they're right there about three blocks from my mm -hmm. office. And so years ago, we decided to do a study together where anybody at Geico who wanted to do a vegan diet to lose weight or to improve diabetes, we'd help them do it. And in the course of it, it was an 18-week study, and people, just what you expect happened. I mean, they lost weight, their diabetes got better. But along the way, we asked everybody to fill out just questionnaires on how they felt. They, they didn't know what we were looking at. But what we were looking at was mood, depression, and anxiety. And both of those seemed to remit to quite a substantial degree. They weren't brought in for that reason. They just, these were just people who wanted to, to do better. Now, part of that could be that I'm losing weight, my diabetes is in better control, I feel better. That's true. The other thing, though, is that diet affects your gut, your, your microbiome. And if I repopulate your intestinal tract with friendly bacteria, those bacteria are no longer making nasty stuff that yeah. kind of affect the brain. Yeah, well, the, the, the nexus between the microbiome and the brain is really fascinating. And that, that seems to be you know, on the vanguard of emerging science. And it's, it's pretty cool to see what's coming out from people that are looking at that. I and hope that we look into it much, much more. Yeah. There have been some very good researchers who have put this to the test, independent from what we have done, bringing in people and tracking their mood and changing their diets in a variety of ways. And I have to say, I, I, here again, I think we need more research, but what we have seen is quite consistent evidence that people on plant-based diets do feel better, specifically with regard to reductions in anxiety and reductions in depression. We mm -hmm. also found reduced absenteeism. But the ketogenic diet seems to have the reverse effect, where people seem to feel worse. Um, now, they're glad if they're losing weight or something like that, but it's not a diet to get the brain back into... Mm. into okay, so you heard what he said. The keto diet makes your mood worse causes worse depression, uh, whereas a plant-based, particularly oil-free, sugar-free diet helps your mood, reduces anxiety, uh, you're happier, you feel good. I do. I feel good every day for 44 years, ever since I learned to go completely uh, whole food eating. And, you know, since each person kind of travels through life and, and makes decisions, uh, plant-based whole food eating is absolutely critical and you know I, I I kind of think where Walter Longo is missing it is that you know he, he's all hung up on 
you know, the only way to get your calories is from, from, from more animal protein. But here, here's what he has to say about inflammation and C-reactive protein. Uh, this is important because a plant-based diet controls for that as well. So many of these lifestyle illnesses that we're seeing, I'm interested in your perspective on that and what the relationship is between inflammation and aging. Yes, that's a little tricky. Um, I think it's clearly there. There is no doubt that in the brain and, and uh, lots, lots of uh, people in, in the Western countries are, uh, have high uh, inflammation, inflammatory markers. Um, to me, it's more of a consequence of dysfunction than the cause of dysfunction. Uh, so I think that the body, the liver is not working well, and so you start making C-reactive protein as a, as a way to, to respond to to, to uh, dysfunctional state. Um, and this is why we developed the, the, the fasting mimicking diet. Um, and the idea was to, um, um, you know, we can't change everybody's habits, but can we, for example, go after the inflammation, mm -hmm. not just during the diet, but in the couple of months, two or three months after the diet. So is it possible to hit some, somebody with a, a five-day diet uh, they will have long-term consequences on the inflammatory state, but not just the inflammatory state. But certainly, that is one way to, I, I think, assess uh, functionality of the entire system. Right. Ask me to uh, to direct a marching band, and I say, there's no way I'm going to do that. Yeah, so, uh, Adriana, uh, it's true. Um, Volter Longo is the one who created the idea of the fasting uh, mimicking diet. And what he's saying is you get all the benefits without fasting, you know, like ridiculously long number of days. He, he says, you, you know, you basically are eating uh, plant-based eating. And then for five days, you go to about 800 calories, but still plant-based. And I think it's important to, to understand that he's striving to get the best of both worlds. And we're, we're able to do that. Uh, so, Yes, fasting mimicking is 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 what uh, can work. I just advocate, you know, on certain days you can just go with just salads and vegetables, green and yellow vegetables and soups, and and some fruit, and you're going to do and and gain all the results uh, and more. Um, I, I I think one of the exciting things is uh, this this discussion of potential uh, getting the benefits from fasting i feel you can get from just going plant-based uh year round and um but he also has uh delved into the work about starving cancer uh you know with with this kind of um you know kind of fasting approach so here let's let's hear what he has to say about uh cancer yeast is a eukaryote so they've been separated by hundreds of millions of years so i started thinking is it possible that you could do this for every organism and it's going to make a stronger and protect it for a long period. And that's where a lot of this comes from. And so jumping ahead 20 years then uh, is the mouse studies that we first did, which were, you know, what if you take a mouse and you give it this fasting-making diet? Why is it a fasting-making diet? Is, is uh, um, you know, what I was talking earlier about the nutrients determine what genes are activated or not. Right? So if you have a certain composition, low protein, low levels of certain amino acids, um, and then uh, have low sugar, high carbohydrate, but low sugar, um, and high fat, but good fats, right? All that, you put it together, then the response of the system is just like if you're giving it water-only fasting. Mm -hmm. You just mm -hmm. would give it water. 
and you hit it for, for four days, and then you put them back on a bad diet, right? a relatively bad diet. This is a vegan, so four vegan days for the mice, and then, you know, 10 days of uh, animal-based diet. Right? And then you keep doing this uh, twice a month. Now we show that uh, the mice live longer, about 11% longer, but the remarkable part is the cancers were reduced by almost 50%. Wow. And that's incredible. The cancers are reduced by over 50%. So hear what he's saying. He's talking about going plant-based, sugar-free. Uh, now, he's an advocate of keeping the fats in the diet. Uh, I, I'm okay with that, so long as the fats are, again, the whole state, not in the oils. Uh, he seems to have not reviewed the literature properly about uh, the use of excess olive oil, probably because he's Italian and he comes from that part of the world. But even in studies done in the Mediterranean where uh, they took oil out of the diet and wine, uh, because some people think, oh, yeah, the French paradox, you know, drinking wine is good. It's not. And we find those people are much healthier uh, again, without adding the processed foods. You just have to be smarter in how you go about your meal preps. Uh, but this is exciting news about how we can use a plant-based diet. Uh, we can uh, do fasting mimicking, drop the plant-based uh, down to about 800 calories for about only four or five days during the month, particularly in people who are, are heavier, not frail people. And we're able to see uh, reduction in cancer. Not just in animal studies. Here, here we go. And, uh, and the inflammatory diseases were reduced by 50%. Um, and these mice, just, their cognitive abilities was, uh, was mu much improved, right? So they just look younger, healthier. Um, so they live longer, younger, and healthier. Um, then we did the uh, human clinical trial with this prolonged uh, fasting mimicking diet. And we did three cycles, once a month, five days, again, vegan, five vegan days, uh, of this low protein, low sugar, uh, high good fat diet, and uh, um, and then we give them 25 days of no recommendation. Go back and do whatever it is that you always done. No exercise recommendation, no food, uh, no uh, nutrition recommendation, and then we we measure uh, the effects after uh, a, a week and three months after the last cycle. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, I think the the uh, results were remarkable. Um, so lower cholesterol, lower blood pressure, lower triglyceride, lower fasting glucose, lower inflammation, systemic inflammation as measured by CRP, um, and uh, lower IGF-1, which we believe is the, uh, one of the key markers, risk factors for both aging and cancer. Um, but the interesting thing, this happened much more power, it was much more powerful in people that had the problem to begin with. So if somebody started from an ideal situation, there were a lot less changes mm -hmm. than somebody that started with high levels of this. Yeah, of, of course, market. of course. Okay, so he made it quite clear then that um, it's the plant-based and then just reduce your calories and you can reduce your calories simply by going to uh, an oil-free diet and you can get your calories down to where, where they need to go. Uh, much easier that way, Walter. Here, let's, let's hear what he has to say about the awful keto diet here we go most people that pathway in the brain has probably never been activated right so somebody could be 55 years of age and never once has activated this use of ketone bodies in the brain mm -hmm. so then what's wrong with with exploring the ketogenic diet all the time the pillars uh so you know if you look around the world a population that are long-lived 
using a ketogenic diet all the time, which in most cases to be doable have to be a high protein diet. You know, I mean, you could come up with it, but it'd be almost impossible to do like a high fat uh, only, uh, you know, low carb. Right. Uh, it'd be almost impossible. So this will end up being a high protein, high fat uh, diet, and uh, there is really no data out there. Um, and so then it's, you're taking a big risk, right? So right. When, I got you. Okay, so I think we, we've got some real clarity here going. And I, I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, uh, going on a plant-based whole foods diet to balance your hormones is absolutely essential here. Let, let me uh, just get a few last words here with uh, uh, Dr. Neil Barnard. Here we go. And the people have wonderful, yeah. <laughs> wonderful euphemisms <laughs> yeah. for all this. There's something wrong with my nature. Um, and the doctor has to, the doctor can give out a Viagra prescription, but that is a complete mistake if the doctor doesn't also give him a description of what's going on in his body, which is that atherosclerosis affects all the all the major arteries of the body, and the arteries that go to a man's private parts just happen to be smaller, mm-hmm. narrower than the ones that go to the, the coronary arteries that go to the heart muscle or the carotids that go to the brain. So people will correctly describe erectile dysfunction as the canary in the coal mine. It's a sign that something is wrong. And so if a man has, a man in mid-50s, starts developing erectile dysfunction, this is not performance anxiety. Um, and it's probably not a hormonal issue. It's probably the beginnings of atherosclerosis mm-hmm. um, in that area. And it means he's got it in his heart too, and he's got it in his carotids going to his brain. Mm-hmm. And so that is a man who needs to read Caldwell Esselstyn's book or Dean right. Ornish's book and, and reverse that. And in our research studies where we put people on vegan diets for diabetes or whatever, the men start raising their flags um, at home. Um, but, uh, Hopefully the, not out in public. Oh, yes. The, the, point, the point being that when you um, reverse, yeah. reverse arterial disease, um, erectile dysfunction gets better too. One- Okay, so he made a great point that most atherosclerosis in men past age of 50 is not anxiety performance. It's they have clogged arteries to the very small blood vessel leading to the male organ. Read my book, Blood Doesn't Lie. It goes into very clear detail. And also there are certain uh, nitric oxide factors, certain things that stimulate um, the production and the ability to uh, 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 achieve an erection and uh, maintain an erection. Since we're right on the weekend of Valentine's Day, <laughs> I, w- I wanted to kind of transition into something that I, I think is 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 very very um, germane to to this conversation, and that is that um, uh, when we talk about clogged arteries uh, leading to the male organ, uh, who better than to Jeffrey Life to hear what he has to say about you know. The incidence of cardiovascular disease and how it's kind of a forerunning uh, forerunner, and we we should do what's called carotid artery studies. Here, I'm I'm uh, working to locate that segment here. I didn't find it in the clips, but uh, here uh, I think it's near the end here. Carotid here, no. Um, okay, but uh, there's just reinforcement about. Um, clogged arteries, cardiovascular disease. Okay, here we go. So I can maybe bring this up. Okay. 
Okay, here we go. <laughs> Your morning wake up, does it vary a little bit? But you're kind of like a systemized guy. I get that sense about you. What do you do? Um, I, I want to get 150 to 200 minutes of cardio in a week. That's absolutely cr crucial. And so that's uh, 30, uh, 45 minutes on my bike four or five times a week. At what my pace exercise. is the bike? Are you monitoring it's, your heart rate? It, yeah, I monitor my heart rate. And I, uh, I want to get my heart rate up to about 90 to 95% of my max. Wow. For your age, what's the max? About 170? No, it's not no. that high. One, 160. So something. 220 minus, uh, yeah. minus my age of 80. What is that? Let's see. You're probably around 145, 150, I yeah, my guess would be. It'd be like 90, 95%. Yeah, if, I get, if I get up to 140, that's pretty, yeah. I that's, think that that's. That's no, that's yeah. So I, I like to get in the one thirties. Okay. So I do an, um, a heels program on my exercise bike. Great. And I watch the episodes of season one. I couldn't <laughs> wait. So that was fifty minutes. Uh, Andy, they they gotta follow heart rate when they do exercise. Yep, that's crucial. And and then I do resistance training. I okay. have my own gym. I have a uh, free weights, machines, both, both, both. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I train with my son, who's a physician. And What's his name? Dave. Dave Life in Wonderful. West Virginia. That's awesome. And that's awesome. Uh, we work out together, and that's, and that's fantastic, you know. Yeah, the bonding there, yeah. right? I used to work out with my dad when I was 12 years old. He gave me a set of dumbbells. Yeah, you know, I love the whole idea of health and fitness and well-being and anti-aging and you know, being close and bonding uh, with significant other or, you know, just having friends. Because, you know, when we talk about uh, health and lifestyle medicine, one of the things that we know uh, helps us to live longer is to have community. And it's brought up uh, clearly in the Blue Zones and, and some of the other studies in, in that relationship. Uh, and the question comes up, you, you know, what is my opinion about fasting and uh, I, I would say that the window, I, the part I agree with Walter Longo is to eat from starting at 8 o'clock in the morning and ending at 8 o'clock at night. If you're going to eat past that window of, of that 12 hours, then it needs to be something very light like fruit or vegetables or soups or salads. You really should not be having heavy meals at bedtime. Um, but I think a good common rule is um, to eat like a king for breakfast um, eat uh, reasonably significant amounts uh, around the lunchtime, and then eat like a pauper, uh, much, much smaller amounts uh, at, at, uh, towards uh, 8 p.m. or so, and, and not much later than that. Um, I, I did want to share one thing here. Uh, let's see, is it still here? I was going to find it for you. Maybe it's right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a high intensity type of training that's essential to build muscle and lean lean body mass. So when you're uh, doing this kind of training, you know, what are you doing to, to, to make that work for you here? I, I'll just show you a short clip here if I can get it to pull up. Uh, let's see. Here we go. <clears throat> and then immediately we're going to have... You turn around on the bench. I'm breathing heavy there. And you're going to hold your hands up here 
and I'm gonna pull your legs out and you're gonna blast up mm. and uh, you're gonna fight me as I pull your legs okay. out. That's gonna hit the lower abs and we're gonna start with the, the, the frontal abs. Okay. Okay? You ready? I don't think <laughs> oh, you're gonna help me. Got it. Pushing you down. <laughs> Explode up. Fight me down. Explode up. Fight me down. Come on. You got more in you. Come on. Fight me down. Okay, turn around quickly. Lock your arms in there. You got three seconds. One, two, three. Turn around. Turn around. Lay on your back. Reach your arms over to grab the bar. Scoot down so you don't hit your head. Okay, right here. Grab my legs, pull me down. <coughs> don't just throw them at the bottom. Pull harder. <coughs> pull me down harder. <coughs> One more. Now turn around, help me on this. Push me down and help me up. Push me down. Push me down. That's good. Good job. Good job. Let's get a little energy going here. Okay. Now we're on to the final. All right. So I was demonstrating just one segment. It takes me 24 minutes, less than 20 minutes to do a full body training uh, when I'm using uh, the, the uh, type of training that Wait. I do. It's, it's uh, really builds muscle rapidly. It's great to prevent sarcopenia or muscle loss as we age, uh, particularly when you optimize your hormone levels. And in regards to fasting, I think fasting is fine for people who overeat, overindulge in animal product, meat, cheese, eggs, and dairy product. They need to fast because uh, their blood is just so messed up. Uh, I, I'll tell you that if you go plant-based and you just bring your calories down, uh, keeping them within that window, blood doesn't lie, and your blood's going to look really clean uh, almost all the time and you'll get all the benefits uh i i, I did want to mention uh because this is valentine's week uh the importance of our sponsor and the work that they're doing to provide incredible products and the one product i wanted to highlight today uh for uh, doc nutrients is uh grow muscle burn fat this this is a rather amazing product here, I'm, I'm going to just bring that up on the screen. I think I can bring that up right here. Grow Muscle Burn Fat, an incredible product that increases your uh, lean muscle mass. It helps to uh, restore uh, the reduction in, in toxins because of the niacin. And the amino acids builds muscle. But most importantly, the organic beets uh, stimulates the release of the high levels of nitric oxide. So uh, check out the formula. It's an amazing, it's the best product on the market. This is available through DocNutrients.com. Just go to the website, check it out, Grow Muscle, Burn Fat. On Valentine's weekend here, that would be one of the go-to products to improve circulation, be a better lover. 
and also uh, the product we call Testrogenin to, as Dr. Uh, Dr. Life was talking about, uh, we have the EstroBlock product and the Testrogenin product. Uh, both are going to increase testosterone and clear what's called harmful uh, estrogens. Here, let me just um, bring that uh, over here. And um, yeah, so it's been a pleasure sharing with you uh, the information. This is Dr. Nick. Be well, be strong. Check it out on Spotify, Beyond Human, also on iTunes. Uh, please drop us a review. Please share. And um, it's really been a pleasure tonight <laughs> as I got a rather intense uh, workout. And uh, don't forget, we do have our incredible coaching program that we've opened up enrollment where we're accepting uh, individuals into our coaching program. So check out, uh, apply for the coaching at nickdelgado.com. That's uh, nickdelgado.com. Please check that out. Uh, again, it's been outstanding fun. <laughs> Thank you for staying with me. And uh, I think I answered all the questions. Let me just uh, check one last thing. Any last questions from anyone before I sign off? Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, during the show, you've had two apples and a banana. That's that's cool. Uh, oh, you work a night shift, but I uh, night you work a night shift, but I do eat during the day with my family uh, uh, for some fun fun time. Yeah, yeah, it's tough when you're working a night shift, but I guess you got to watch my show tonight too, right? Okay, everyone, thanks. Bye bye.